we go. QP Sports Exchange delivering on what it promised. QP Sports Exchange has done a lot of NBA, a lot of draft, and a lot of free agency. But now, our first ever football Friday. Yo, I'm excited about this. I'm hyped. I'm glad that we can do it. We wanted to break it up a little bit so then you could have basketball, football, and we can give some nuance to the football as well. We didn't want to just cram it into either either way. Cram it into basketball or vice versa, cram basketball into football. And we're trying to keep the pods under like an hour and 20 so this was the way to do it so we're going to have football fridays we're going to talk about college game we're going to talk about the nfl and maybe we'll give you a little you know a little taste for the people out there who have a sweet tooth you know when it comes to the gambling side but we will we are so blessed to be doing this on a friday i'm so excited my voice is back which if you listen to the nba pod on monday you know that was a huge problem but I'm glad I'm healthy. God, get the glory. And now we can talk about football. So, that is where we are. I want to start off with a thing that I saw last weekend. So, I'm pretty much like every other guy, right? I sit there and I have a couple teams that I follow. Um, UCLA being one of them. Everybody knows my affiliation with that. Um, and everybody knows that, you know, I like Clemson and, and, you know, a couple other teams. And, you know, I like to keep my eyes on some of the stars that will be in the National Football League coming up in the next couple of years. So I'm flipping through channels and I find a game and it's getting close to halftime. And I think it was like the second window games. Okay, so we got through the morning, and now we're in the second window. So they start talking about this kid out of Buffalo, okay? And I just want to know if everybody checked this dude out. So Jared Patterson is a running back from the University of Buffalo. This dude had 409 yards and eight touchdowns in one game. Alright, now here's the crazy stat. His yearly totals to this date at the time of this podcast is 920 total rushing yards and 16 touchdowns. So literally he doubled his, his production in one game. Couple things here. First of all, that's an amazing feat. 409 yards and 8 touchdowns. I don't care who you do that against. That's awesome. That's just great. I'm excited about that. By the way, if I'm an agent looking to sign, like, you know, guys who aren't the, you know, first-round draft picks, I'm trying to get this guy, and I want that real. Like, I want that. That's the real that I want it to be. You know, he just running over everybody, um, you know, on Kent State, all that whole deal. So, 
So yeah, that's you know, it was incredible to see that whole situation. So the other thing that I want to talk about, and kudos to Jerry Patterson. I, I want to, first of all, hey, God bless you, young man. You went out there and did your thing. You put, Buffalo hasn't been on the map since Khalil Mack, right? That's really like the last guy to come out of Buffalo and, and do it real, real big in the NFL. So I hope that this kid is uh, gets a chance at the combine and gets to be able to do what he does because, Again, 409 yards, eight touchdowns. I don't know what can you say about that. Now, going over to Kent State, Kent State for a second. Now, I'm not going to pile on, okay? I'm not, okay? The one question I do have, though, at any point, do you just stack the box with nine and just say anybody else is going to get a touchdown, just not him? Like, he's got... 280 yards now and like five touchdowns we're gonna put the kibosh on him so yeah you might beat us in the air or whatever but just know that he's not getting any more yards just as you know just food for thought just food for The other thing that I want to talk about in college football, and then we'll flip over to the NFL or get into a couple college games that we should be on the lookout for this week. I have a proposal. Now, keep in mind, I'm probably going to upset some people. Keep in mind, I'm probably going to leave some universities out. Just listen to the criteria of what I'm trying to do. Currently, in the Power Five conferences, that includes the ACC, the SEC, the Big 12, the Big 10, and the Pac-12. We have 65 teams over those five conferences, okay? The reason why I'm bringing this up is because I'm looking at the, the championship series, you know, Final Four deal that they got going on. And everybody was upset and just freaking out that Ohio State had played four games. And this brings me to, let's call it what it is. It's like the minor leagues for the NFL, right? Alabama puts a bunch of dudes in the league. Clemson puts a bunch of dudes in the league. LSU, Ohio State, you know, it's the it's the same culprits that usually do Texas, USC. All those guys put a bunch of players in the league. So my proposal is is that, okay, if you're really separate from the rest of the group, I'm not saying that you're better. I'm just saying it's separate. So why don't you just go on full on separate, right? Get a commissioner for the Power Five conferences, okay? Yeah, you still have your you still have your your league commissioners, right? They handle the day to day operations of the ACC the SEC, the Big Ten, the Big 12, and the Pac-12, right? Those guys handled it. You know, you know okay, the referee made a mistake on this, and we got to reprimand him, or, uh, you know, the Sun Devils wore a different helmet than they were supposed to, so the commissioners of the leagues handle that. But as far as 
the overall, right? What I want to see is a commissioner that comes in and says, listen, you play 12 games, all right? You play your conference, X amount of games, whatever that is. Eight, I don't care what it is, okay? You put a number and you keep it there. Then you go play out of your conference, okay? Now, you can say, well, there's only 65 teams there. You know, we want to be represented. And what about Notre Dame? And what about BYU who are independents? Your boy Vince has you covered. Let me tell you my proposal. Okay, keep in mind, there are 65 teams in the Power 5 conferences. I'll rattle them off. If, if you are a nerd like I am, do not worry. Because I'm going to write this on my blog Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about that later, but let me get through this real quick. Okay, so in the S, so what we do is we have the the ACC, right? The ACC consists of Boston College, Clemson, Duke, Florida State, Georgia Tech, Louisville, Miami, the U, you know, North Carolina, North Carolina State, Pitt, University of Pittsburgh, Syracuse, Virginia, Virginia, Vitek and Wake Forest. Okay, the Big Ten consists of Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Maryland, Michigan, Michigan State, Minnesota, Nebraska, Northwestern, Ohio State, Penn State, Purdue, Rutgers, and Wisconsin. Now the Big Twelve has Baylor, Iowa State, Kansas, Kansas State, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, TCU, Texas, Texas Tech and West Virginia. So the Pac-12 has Arizona State, I'm sorry, Arizona, Arizona State, Cal, UCLA, Colorado, Oregon, Oregon State, USC, Stanford, Utah, Washington, and Washington State. And the last conference, which is the SEC, which down in the southern part of the country probably that's the only conference that they know about um alabama arkansas auburn florida georgia kentucky lsu mississippi state missouri south carolina tennessee texas a&m and vanderbilt now my proposal is that you add 15 more teams to that you make it a total of 80 This is where you can get other schools in and schools and my, 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 um, I guess my thought gymnastics that I did in this exercise is that I tried to pick schools that weren't just not all in one area. I tried to pick schools that were also good in basketball as well. Okay. So you don't have like. A team that plays football and then doesn't play basketball. Okay, so you had to have both. And I tried to pick schools that were attractive in the sense of, you know, football's good or football's real good, basketball's okay, or football's pretty good, kind of good, basketball's awesome. So I tried to pick schools like that. So here are my 15 schools that would be the at large schools. Now I have a different proposal and i'll talk about that later uh but right now we're going to get through this 
So the 15 schools that I chose to round out the 80 to make, in a sense, your Power 5 or Power 6 conference or whatever it is that you want to do are these schools. You have Notre Dame. For no other reason, obviously, you're going to have Notre Dame because you can't have the championship series without them, right? It's the Golden Domers. You know all about them. They're, you know, they have a nationwide TV deal. You can't do it without Notre Dame. So, South Bend, you're in. You know that. Okay, so... Now, I'm going to give you the other schools, and I'll give you a little reason why on each school, okay? So, I'm going to start with the University of Houston. So, you got Houston, right? And, okay, good in football. You know, they can recruit there. You got the whole state of Texas, and now they're in the whatever you want to call it, right? Top 80 uh, these are the bowl championship teams, uh, whatever you want to call the league or the conglomerate of teams. You can do whatever you want, but Houston's in. For the main reason is is that it's the third largest uh, TV area in the country. So you got to have them, okay? You got the Midwest taken care of with Notre Dame, but you got to have Houston. Houston will provide good basketball, pretty good football, and if you tell them they're in this select group, they'll definitely hook up like the uh, accoutrement, so so to speak. They'll hook up the facilities and get those facilities top-notch and do what they need to do because I'm sure the boosters would be super happy to be in the mix to blow out some teams like Oklahoma and Texas and places like that. So that's why Houston is in there. The other school that I have is BYU. BYU is in because you kind of get that Rocky Mountain situation. They're close to the West, so they can play like UCLA, USC on a regular basis. So you have that as well. Um, and you could put these, you know, these 15 teams in the conferences. Because how it will work, right, is you'd have five conferences with 80 teams. You could do it. You could have five conferences, 80 teams, 16 teams in each conference. But I have another proposal for that, and that's something that we'll talk about a little bit later. I'm excited about that. So you put BYU in there because of tradition in football. They recruit pretty well. They are a they're, – they're in the – they're in the discussion as far as what's going to happen this year. And this is not recency bias. They, they keep a pretty good program in BYU. They have a couple down years every once in a while. But um, it looks like their coach is building it up. And he's starting to reap the fruits of his labor. And they're good in basketball. So you can really do something with BYU. The next team is Memphis. And the reason why I picked Memphis, one, boom, basketball, right off the bat. Penny Hardaway, that whole deal, okay? The second thing is is that Memphis has put some dudes in the league lately, and they've had some pretty good teams. So they're the type of university that you would sit there and go, okay, that's a team that would, if they were part of the select group, they would build up their 
facilities and get it to everybody else's level. You know, at least there's a, some sort of median. Like you had to, you have to commit some financial dollars to. Okay, this is the lowest standard that we'll actually have, right? But maybe if you do a little bit more, you know, get a consultant. Somebody come in. Hey, listen, you want to take your football program to the next program to the next level? This is what you do. You build this facility. They have this, this, and this, and you know, you make it look like Oregon or whatever. And there you go. Um, that doesn't breed 100% success, but having the facilities help. And I think if Memphis was part of the 80, they would be excited about that and do what they had to do. The next schools are like West Coast schools. And I'll give you a reason why for all of them. Okay, so I put Fresno State, San Diego State, UNLV, and Boise State. And I'll kind of break it down for each one of them. The reason why you have Fresno State is that for some reason, I don't know why it is, they just have good, solid football teams. They're kind of in the same position as Memphis, right? They're good football team. They seem to get quarterbacks drafted. Um, you could build up their facilities, and they would be a you know a team to deal with in basketball and football. You know they've had that tradition, so it's not something that's completely foreign to them. The other thing is that because they're Fresno, it's Northern California, so you're including Northern California in that deal. The reason why we picked San Diego State, same thing. Good tradition in basketball. Steve Fisher built it up, and now the coach over there now is doing an excellent job. He's putting guys in the league. He's, um, you know, they're a perennial March Madness uh, tournament team. Um, and the football team, it's beautiful in San Diego. Duh. And the football team does well here and there. Again, I'm going off potential. It's the University of San Diego State. Who doesn't want to play in San Diego? You know, who doesn't want to play in San Diego? One. Two, the other thing is, is that, like I said, the potential. You tell them you're part of the Select 80, they'll, hey, what do my standards need to be in the facilities? You know, you give them a blueprint, and they'll go do it. I believe there's enough boosters and alumni in, at San Diego State they would make sure that their their facilities were on par or, you know, at a certain level where they can compete with the other teams. You know, they don't, they wouldn't want to go 0 and 12 every single year. <clears throat> UNLV is that school that is the basketball school, right? They're more known for basketball. It's been a while since they were known for basketball, but that's the school that you can sit there and it has tremendous growth potential, right? You have now a hockey team and you have a football team there. So their collegiate sports should take an uptick as well. And you know the money in Vegas flows. So if you said, hey, you're part of the 80 as well, you know it's like, hey, you're Vegas, get it going, get the running Rebels back to where they need to be. You know the hotels and everybody. And if those, if that area could host a final four or a national championship game with the new Raider Stadium come on now 
you know that's a good situation. Now, Boise State is the football school. Okay, Blue Turf, we know all about it. Go Broncos. I'm for you. Listen, Idaho, showing you love right now. Boise State gets in. Tradition, you know, the Oklahoma win in the Fiesta Bowl. You got to let them in, all right? This is one of those teams that, yes, now you you know their, their football program is good. They're going to be solid every year. You know, top 20 is something that is, you know, in a decade span, you know they're going to be in the top 25 probably seven times out of ten and probably flirting with it the other three years, okay? Good program, solid program. You know, that's the – and then now they're like a, a rival of UNLV and BYU, right? So you can just – you know, the West is there. You got that all hooked up. So those are the schools that are from the West Coast that I put in there. Now, Cincinnati gets in. Luke Fickle has done an excellent job as, at the University of Cincinnati with the football program. They're disciplined. They're hard-nosed. They play excellent football. They're probably never going to beat Alabama in a national championship game or whatever. But this is a team that will show up, surprise uh, Iowa or surprise uh, Washington in a bowl game on a real level and blow them out, right? So I think that's the type of team, and you get the Midwest, right? You get the Midwest right there. And here's the other thing. Their basketball is good. They have a tradition. McCronin just left there. The cover wasn't bare. Okay, so Cincinnati is going to be okay. They recruit very well at the University of Cincinnati. So you're going to get the basketball. You're going to get the football, so you're good there. The other school that I went to was SMU. Now, SMU. Okay, so it conjures up memories of Eric Dickerson and Craig James and the Pony Express and then the subsequent fall from grace. Here's a school that is basically in Dallas. Okay, so you got to have that market, right? Here's a school that, again, you tell them, hey, you're part of the Select 80. I don't see any way that they don't build their facilities to the to the way, even to the umpteenth level. Because if, man, you tell people that, yo, you got a legit shot at winning a national championship, in the city in the city of Dallas and all the football that's played around that you know that particular school I believe that that's a team that can be a dark horse every like five or six years for for a chance to win a championship and they can also build a really good basketball program knowing that they're going to be part of this elite group okay so then I took a couple Florida schools I have South Florida and University of Central Florida, all right? So I took these two schools because they've had runs in either basketball or football, but mostly in football. And I think these are the type of schools, because of the athletes in the area, this is the type of schools that would do well if they were, you know, put in that situation. 
So the last three schools were not difficult for me. What it was was just trying to balance it, trying to get an East Coast school, trying to get, you know, a Mid-Atlantic school and whatever case may be. So I'm going to go with the bottom one first and then work my way up and I'll kind of explain why. So I put the University of Louisiana in there, right? So the Raging Cajuns. So I put them in there because they've been doing it in football like the last couple of years. And the other thing is, is that, you know, that's another Southern school, upstart school. I believe that that's a fertile ground for um, athletes down there. So I don't see them having a problem being able to recruit. Um, on a level where they can be competitive. And also, you know, I mean, what's surrounding Louisiana? Florida, Mississippi, South Carolina, Texas, um, Georgia. So getting football players and getting basketball players to go to Louisiana probably wouldn't be that real hard to do. All right. The next school that I picked was the Virginia Commonwealth. Okay, let me tell you something. In basketball, they come up and sneak up on somebody about every three to four years. Okay? And there's another area that does well with putting out football talent. You're in, you know, in the vicinity of Washington, D.C. You're in the vicinity of, you know, you're on the borders of Tennessee, you're on the borders of Kentucky. You can go ahead and recruit, you know, down south, get the three-star, maybe a four-star dude from, like, the state of Georgia. So there are a lot of places they can go to to get resources and get competitive football teams and basketball teams with that particular school. Now, I'm going to go ahead and say this. These last three or four or even five, I'm sure there are, People out there going, like, my school wasn't in. Yo, here's the thing. I'm not hard to find, okay? On Twitter, it's QP Sports. On Instagram, it's QP Sports Exchange. My personal Instagram is question point underscore pod underscore events. Put your team in there. This is not... Me just saying, oh, I got the complete answer for you. I definitely will take other suggestions. That is not a problem whatsoever for me. So now my thing is this. <clears throat> There's one more school. And the reason why I picked this school is because it's in the Northeast. You kind of have to have that New York feel. You got to have it. So the my my last school would be the University of Connecticut. They had a good football program for a while. When Skip Holtz was there, they were challenging. Um, Dan Orlowski has an ESPN career thanks to his run at the University of Connecticut. So UConn would be that school for me because I think if you said, hey, you don't have to just go to Syracuse. You don't have to just go to Pittsburgh, and you don't have to just go to Boston College. You can go to UConn for the football, okay? You can keep some of the upstate New York kids home, okay? You can thieve some kids away from Pennsylvania, 
okay? And if you get the right coach in there, right, who has, like, a background, like, in the South, you know, he has connections to some of the kids down there, you know, you might be able to strike gold. And we all know the tradition of UConn basketball. Jim Calhoun, Kevin Ollie, getting after it. So that's the school that you also want to get. Now, like I said, the list might not be perfect. It might not be exactly what you're looking for. But I'm saying that you get it to 80 teams, and now the announcement that I've been kind of waiting for. Okay, so this is Football Friday. But also, this is a really important day in the history of QP Sports Exchange. On Monday, we'll be launching a website. Uh, I have another project that I do. It's called Question Point Pod. So, my dream is to be kind of like Kevin Smith, but in a different way, because I love sports. Um, I just dig it so much. I kind of want to be the same thing as the ringer and Smodco. So, it's kind of like a mixture of both, right? A little funny, a little ha-ha, but also information. So, the ringer gives you all the impactful day-to-day information on the association, the NFL, Major League Baseball, college football, college basketball, the whole deal, right? And we just want to kind of bring that to you. So what we did, um, thanks to my wife and thanks to everybody who made this possible, on Monday we'll be launching a website. And that website will be called questionpointpodnetwork.com. On that site... I will actually go into further detail on this 80 team extravaganza and how I would split them up. On that site, you will have um, a poll question, you know, did I do a good job, whatever the case may be. I look forward to people being able to interact that way. Um, I hope that it gives you something to think about, and that's the whole point of the website. We're truly blessed. We're truly blessed to be able to bring it to you. So I'm super excited to even talk about the project. So um, it's another way, it's another avenue for us to be able to connect. Because that's the whole point of this is I do this because I love it. And I hope that you guys can feel that love coming through when I do it. And this gives me another outlet to be able to share my opinions, put some stuff out there that... um, you know, will make you think, and also, you know, like I said, I enjoy the feedback, I enjoy, like, oh, Vince, you're crazy, you're out of your mind, why would you do something like that, that's the dumbest thing I ever heard, that's fine, or, hey, man, you might be on to something, you know, whatever, oh, I've been thinking like this for, like, the last 15 years, so these are the type of conversations we want to have, we want to invite you in to have that, you know, if you love sports, this is how you talk with your guys, you know. And if you're a girl, this is how you talk with some of your girls. Yo, why is the NFC East including the Dallas Cowboys? Stuff like that. Everybody knows. We know why. But it's still weird. And why? Sorry, New York. I'm going to hurt you right now a little bit. So give me a second. 
why are there three New York teams and really only one plays professional football in the state of New York? These are the type of questions that we will ask and try to find answers to. Some things that you probably have thought of for like the longest time. This is where we want to go with it. And we want to have some fun along the way. We want you to laugh. We want you to think. And hopefully it is a complete respite to what is going on in the world a little bit. With the COVID-19 and just being stuck a little bit. Just hopefully this brings some joy to your day. So with that being said, we're going to move on to games over the week. So we're going to get into a couple of these games over the weekend. We're going to talk about a little bit about the NFL and Coco College games as well. So. The first thing is that the Steelers are 11-0. Not that it's surprising in the sense of right now and who they played against and what Baltimore was um, just on the season. I was wrong about Ben Roethlisberger. I even apologized on previous pods. Uh, I didn't know. I just didn't think that he would be able to do this. So, He's kind of changed his game. He's gone to more of a quick strike offense in the sense of getting the ball out really quick, which is great. So he's not taking a lot of punishment, which is good. And their defense is just playing amazing. They are getting after people. They just, they're relentless on the pass rush. Minka Fitzpatrick is playing out of his mind. I mean, that trade, if you think about it, I mean, I understand that the Dolphins are moving on and listen, South Beach, I understand you're excited about your squad and you should be. Uh, they're going to, they look like they might be going to the playoffs. Uh, see if we can get to a healthy, right? But that Minka Fitzpatrick trade was amazing for Pittsburgh and what it did to that defense. So now they're just rolling, and they're playing Washington, which is the team that's in first place in the NFC East, which that's a joke. Um, so 9,010, they're going to be 12-0. and 0. They're rolling, just steamrolling towards the playoffs, um, and they got to continue to win, right, because Kansas City is right there as well. But it's just amazing how they're playing. Um, they've had injuries in this crazy schedule they've been put on with playing on Wednesday. Now they're playing Monday at, what time is that? They're playing Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific time, so 5. Right. So, I mean, it's just incredible. Kudos to the job that Mike Tomlin is doing and that organization. That's a steady organization. Pittsburgh has a lot to be proud of. When it comes to the Steelers. And I'm going to tell you something. To the Pirate fans out there. You should be looking at the Pittsburgh organization. And somebody in the Pirates organization. Should talk with the Steelers organization. And try to 
glean some some energy from that team or glean some perspective on how they look at their organization as a whole because that's a that's a model franchise kudos to the Rooney family and kudos to that front office and the work that they do because that team just really hasn't had a bunch of down years they are absolutely consistent and their down year is like eight and eight, seven and nine. It's never the abyss. It's never one and fifteen or anything like that, um, unless there's some kind of catastrophic injury. But I can't even think of a Mike Tomlin team that was like looking at the first or second or third, fourth pick in a draft. So, and he's been there, God, what, eleven years now. So that organization is just a. A model franchise along with the New England Patriots. And you know what? Keep in mind, kudos to the New England Patriots. Kudos to that team not just tanking it. You know, they're trying to win games regardless of the fact that, you know, they're very limited offensively. They do not have weapons that allow them to do a lot of, that allow them to get easy bulk yards let's just put it that way they don't really have a home run threat at the in the running game they do not have a wide receiver that can get separation on a regular basis and they don't have a game changing tight end that allows them to kind of say okay i'm gonna hold the middle of the field so now my guys can get deep and get separation so they're doing it with like smoke and mirrors. Bill Belichick is a genius, and I just hope that with the draft picks and with some relief coming the salary cap way, they'll get back to kind of where they belong. But Buffalo is winning that division. Buffalo is in charge. Bill's mafia. You should be excited. You're going to win the division. It's going to be yours. You're going to take the crown for a second from the from the New England Patriots. So excited about that for you guys. And it's good to see teams who haven't been there for a while step up. Cleveland, right? Cleveland is one of those teams. They're 8-3. and three. I mean, unless they completely fall apart, their chances of making the playoffs is pretty good. Now, here's the thing with Cleveland, right? I'll say this. <clears throat> Baker Mayfield needs to play better. Uh, he'll have his chance come this uh, Sunday against the Tennessee Titans because that is a buckle-your-chin-strap type of game. That's going to be a physical football game, and we're going to find out how much heart Cleveland has. So, Dog Pound, are you excited about the Browns this weekend invading Music City, USA, in the sense of Nashville. That's going to be a good game. I'm looking forward to it. What's your, what's your guys' predictions? All right, here's the thing. I'm going to give you mine, and then we're going to go from there. Cleveland is the underdog by five and a half. Okay, two reasons why. One, Derrick Henry is an absolute beast. Number two, people are not respecting Baker Mayfield and their offense. 
Now, the running game is looking real good. You got Chubb going well. Uh, you got the guy from Kansas City um, who had the little issue or whatever. He's doing well. That's a good football team. The defense is playing well. Baker has to be more consistent. He has to make the plays when they need to be made. I know this sounds simple. I know this sounds pretty let's gloss over it. But the what it comes down to is that Baker needs to make the money plays. Okay? He's got to hit the third and sevens. He's got to get that. And he's been dreadful. I mean, dreadful. So, it, they're winning games. He's doing a lot of commercials, but he has to get better. He has to earn that number one pick that Cleveland bestowed upon him. And I know, I understand. He is in another offense for his third year. I got it. I understand what you are talking about. Give the man a break. I'm here for you. I understand. But there's certain things now, okay? We get into crunch time, get into playoff time. So you have to take your collective work over the first 11 games and you got to say, okay, this is really work for Baker. Or Baker, go to Baker and say, listen, what works for you? What is working here? Tell me what you see here, what you like in the playbook, and we're going to condense it and do things that you are comfortable with doing so we don't have the turnovers and the stall drives and let's punt the ball six, seven times a game. They got to get more consistent in the offense to relieve some of the pressure and stress off that defense. Um, and I don't know if that change is going to happen. This might be a year where they get to the playoffs, get to the first round, happy to be there, blow out, see you later, come back next year with a brand new plan. I don't know. I'm just, I'm waiting for the light to come on for Baker Mayfield. And I just kind of had this realization with my own football team. And this brings me to the Los Angeles Rams. I have tried so hard to give Jared Goff the benefit of the doubt. But I am slowly coming to the realization that we are going to be looking for a new quarterback in the next couple years. And the reason why I say that is this. I don't believe, and this is me. I'm not speaking for anybody else out there. This is me. There has to be some sort of mindset change in the NFL or some sort of um, collusion or whatever, because paying a quarterback that simply is good $33, 34000000 million is debilitating franchises, okay? The Rams, 
Okay, if that court, if Jared Goff was making $22 million, that, that offensive line would look a lot different than what they have. Okay, if Jared Goff was making $22 million, Aaron Donald would have a running mate on that defensive line. Same thing goes for Minnesota, right? If, if Kirk Cousins is making $22, 23000000 million, um, Stephon Diggs is still a wide receiver for the Minnesota Vikings. And maybe his offensive line is a little bit better or his defensive line is a little bit better or whatever. So you're looking at a situation where that, um, you know, that team, the Rams and the Minnesota Vikings are in a situation where there's almost nothing they can do. You know, they don't have, uh, the Rams don't just do not have the draft picks to get real impactful guys so they have to kind of do it through free agency and kind of the bargain bin and they have to do a better job with that at recognizing somebody who might be able their skill set might be able to fit what they do but right now it's the quarterbacks making this money and it happens a lot let's just be real honest about this quarterback situation in the first pod that I ever did on QP Sports Exchange, I talked about quarterback leapfrog. And it was basically talking about the financials of the quarterback position. You know, it's next guy up. So, like, okay, let's say um, take Carson Wentz, for example. When his contract, they re-upped him early. The guy is never getting 100% healthy, and it, now it just seems like he's regressed to the point where he's really not moving that football team whatsoever. Now, granted, they do not have a bunch of weapons in Philadelphia, but part of the reason they don't have those weapons is because Carson Wentz is making $34 million, okay? You know... I get it. That was the cost of doing business at the time. But why is it the cost of doing business? That's always been my question. Is why are we like, okay, I understand that you have to pay. It's a premium position. That is not the case. But you got to be able to look at your quarterback and honestly say or honestly assess, hey, dude, if you want $34 million, you're not getting it from us. You, I have not seen a $34 million performance yet. And I don't understand why GMs are so... I guess the word I'm looking for is cowardly when it comes to that. Because no player, no one player in the NFL can win a football game. That is for sure. It's different than basketball. You can have a LeBron James on your team and an AD and go everything that you want. Yeah, so I'm not really understanding that whole deal. Well, somebody is going to come to their senses one day and say, hey, listen, I'm just not seeing it. Because... I'm going to tell you right now, the only dudes that are worth their their salary, um, you got Russ, and this is no specific order. You got Russ Wilson, 
you got Aaron Rodgers, and you got Pat Mahomes. Those are the three dudes that you can sit there and say, listen, I'll pay them $38, $40 million because they can win games for me by themselves. Not really by themselves. You know what I'm talking about. Like, they can pull games out of the fire. And I'm coming to the realization with Jared Goff that it's just, it's, he's not that guy. He needs a really good running back. He needs all the wide receivers he can need, use. He can use a tremendous offensive line and a stout defense, and that's the way he's going to win. So either, A, you get super lucky in the draft, or somehow you finagled um, top five picks for like the next three years somehow and get your team better, or, you know, you got to kind of, bear and just bear down and say, okay, we got to hit on our third round draft picks. These guys got to be money guys. They fit our system, whatever. Usually you can never go wrong with like offensive guards in the third line and things of that nature. Because first of all, it's not a glamour position. Um, Second of all, it's a position that usually hits. There's not a lot of guards that came out and you said, oh, that dude's a bust. Offensive guards in the NFL don't bust. You know, there might be an injury or whatever, and usually you don't take offensive guards with, like, the first 10 picks of the draft, right? So you you reserve that for offensive tackles and defensive ends and quarterbacks and maybe the occasional wide receiver, but people aren't even doing that anymore. So that is my little rant. When it comes to what some of these teams should be thinking about when they're looking at their quarterback position, so let's go back to the game. So Browns are favorite or underdogs by five and a half. I think that unfortunately, I want them to cover so bad. You know what? I'm gonna go ahead and pick the Browns. I'm gonna pick the Browns. I think they'll cover. I don't know if they'll win, but I think they'll cover. Come on, Baker, prove me right. Have a good week. The other game that I want to get to um, is I'm a home for my team. The Rams are playing the Cardinals. They are favored by three, which is unusual when you are playing on the road. So that tells you that Vegas really believes that the Rams will win. But they're keeping it close because just some shenanigans and whatever. The Rams are going to have to keep control of the football. The Rams are going to not have to turn over the football. Jared Goff is just going to have to get better. He can't turn over the football. There's a really disturbing trend when it comes to Jared Goff in the last couple years since the Super Bowl. And I'm going to save that for a later date because that's a rant that I definitely want to have a lot of room on. But he is going to have to really focus on taking care of the football. And then he's going to also have to look and find his guys on a quicker on quicker patterns. It would be also very important if they just run the football effectively. I think they should let Cam Akers loose. But I'm going to go ahead and pick the Rams. They're favored by three. Take them. This is a tough week for college football, but we're going to pick something out of the into the season, see what's going down. Let's see what we got. Okay, let's talk about Ohio State a little bit. Okay, Ohio State is favored by 23 and a half. That's a big number. They're going to Lansing, Michigan, and playing the Spartans. 
So here's the deal. They're playing the Spartans. They're up. They are favored by 23 and a half. They have to win convincingly because they're running out of games. So I know that uh, Coach Day won't be there for this game. Um, but I think Justin Fields, this is another game, another opportunity to basically cement his situation as the number two quarterback coming out in the draft. Because Trevor Lawrence is the dude. No question. So, I believe that this is a 30-point game at some point. I think this is uh, 55. Actually, I don't think Michigan State will score that much. You know, 48-17, somewhere in there. That's what I'm looking at. I think they cruise. There's not a lot of games that I'm like really want to sink my teeth into. If there's another game that you want to kind of get into and it's one of those off-the-radar games, the Boston College-Virginia game looks real interesting. First of all, Virginia is favored by four. They're at home. Here's the deal. Boston College has played well all year. And four is one of those numbers where it's a little tricky, right? Because if they were favored by three, it's just the home field advantage. But we know there's no home field advantage this year because there's no crowd. I don't know if Virginia has a firepower just to go ahead and say, yeah, we're going to win by four. I think this is a, you know, I think actually Boston College might win this game. So the four, yeah, give me the four. I'll definitely take that because I believe that Boston College will cover. Now, last game, not least, we got Houston versus Memphis. Actually, it's been postponed. So there it is. So those are the things that we're thinking about on Football Friday. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, I just, I love this. I'm glad that I'm able to do it. We will be doing this every single week. So, Football Monday, Football Friday, and then, listen, enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the football. Hit me up on Twitter at QP Sports. Hit me up on Instagram at QP Sports Exchange or my private or my my Instagram which is question point underscore pod underscore Vince. So with that I will be seeing you later down the road. Be good to one another. Be kind to one another and try to do something nice for somebody this week. And I am